lightning if you couldn't tell hello and welcome to another episode of Hurwitz's house of horror i'm your host steve Hurwitz, and this is the podcast where we talk about a different horror movie every week we'll sometimes talk about some horror news and every now and again we'll sort of branch out in the horror genre maybe talk about a little uh a little known genre called sci-fi horror with me as always is my co-host jeff miller hello jeff hello how are you welcome Hi, Steve. How would you rate that intro? Uh, I'd give it a maybe like a four apples and hummus out of six. That doesn't seem very good, but I'll pretty, t- uh, it's pretty high. I'll take it. We've been just kind of switching things up a little bit, having you try and do the intro, which was a complete disaster. It went really well. Actually, it we'll did. just go it- listen to the last episode <laughs> and um, and and you'll see how good it was. It actually was extraordinarily good. It's much better than my spotless. This is the 80th episode that we're on, and Whoa, I think I'm is? finally coming to terms with how this intro is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I clearly nailed it. I'm going to give myself six out of six apples and hummus. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's my rating, biatch. Whoa. Hey, man. How so you much doing? confidence I'm coming. sorry. We're here just on a rainy day. We've just been inside watching a movie and doing exactly what you should be doing on a rainy day. We've been curled up in our blankets. Well, cuddling. Cuddling by a warm fireplace while a movie... Where people get eaten and head bit went on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, welcome back, everyone. Jeff, how's everything going with you? How have you been? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. The last, you know? the last time everyone talked to you and we heard from you, yeah. you were one year younger and you are now a much more grown, matured adult man. That's right. I'm officially, I've officially graduated from the age bracket of 18 to 34 on online forms is that an actual bracket yep oh wow. now i'm in the 35 to 45 bracket oh, wow <laughs> and it feels bad <laughs> well you don't look a day over 23 wow i feel like maybe your number changed there mid-sentence <laughs> but i appreciate it either way i don't know what you're talking about you can go back and listen to the tape jeff let's let's roll the tape well you don't look a day over 23 See, clearly I said. Oh, you're right. You're 23. right. <laughs> I already forgot. Question mark? Question mark. Well, there's something I want to bring up to our listeners real quick. I, I just want to give a big shout out to previous guests, uh, Brian Lovelace and Margaret Lovelace, who uh, also gave me an amazing present that I wanted to mention last time, but I just completely forgot about. They ended up making a 3D model of the logo, the house with the knife in it. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely awesome. It is so cool. At this point, I probably should have posted, like there will be pictures of it on the Instagram. Well, now that we've brought it up. Yeah, yeah. So, we can do, I was thinking we can even do a little like boomerang. Do you ooh. do the youths do boomerangs still? Yeah, because the knife in the house does come out too, just yeah. like in the animated logo. It's very cool. I was playing with it during all of the last episode, <laughs> and then at the end, we're like, oh, yeah. Oops. We didn't tell anyone. I just want to give been a, enjoying it. a big shout out to them. It was a really awesome gift, and it's just really cool to see our logo. I guess technically it's your logo, Jeff, because you I would say it's it. our logo. It's our baby, you know? Aw, we had a baby. Um, Yeah, and his name is House. House. And uh, when he grows Hora. up. Oh. 
there'll be a doctor. Doctor House. That's right. Well, everyone, we are in the House of Horror today and we are here just ready to talk about some fun horror news. So, Jeff, why don't you get us started off with the horror hour. The, the, the horror hour. So let's start off with you, as always, Jeff. <laughs> okay. I know that you watched a trailer that you were very excited to talk about. That's right. Um, I did remember that. I uh, I don't remember what the movie was uh, or what the trailer was or if we watched it. But <laughs> I do remember wanting to talk about something. So that's that's, you know, it's the thought that counts. So I was in the do bathroom. You I do. I came out and I saw the very end of it. And it was a movie called Cuckoo. Cuckoo. I only again saw the end. So can you tell us what you saw in this trailer? If if I'm being totally honest, don't remember. (laughs) Not even a little bit. Was that the one? There's like a lady with sunglasses and she's screaming and there's lube on her hand. That's the one. Yeah, that's all I remember from that. (laughs) It looks cool. You're so good at the Jeff summaries of trailers. Well, I have a summary of the movie right here. In Cuckoo, reluctantly, 17-year-old Gretchen leaves her American home to live with her father, who has just moved into a resort in the German Alps with his new family. That's never good. Arriving at their future residence, they are greeted by Mr. Koing, her father's boss. I, I, I don't know how to properly say that name. I apologize. Who takes an inexplicable interest in Gretchen's mute half-sister Alma. Something doesn't seem right in this tranquil vacation paradise. Gretchen is plagued by strange noises and bloody visions until she discovers a shocking secret that also concerns her own family. (gasps) They didn't include the tax when they charged them for their room. That's the twist. (laughs) Did you get that entire summary in that trailer or teaser that you watched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, (laughs) it's that scene of um, the lady holding the lube in her hand and being scared of it. Yeah, I kind of just gleamed all of that. I see. Gleamed like the lube. Yeah. Disgusting. Kind of, I shined it. You know what I mean? I Oh, like The Shining? Like The Shining. Very cool. Is, is that like, Shining is like psychic powers, right? Kind of. Yeah. I've read that book, The Shining. Heck Have you? Good. Yeah, it's really good. Nice. It's also pretty like intense too. I watched the movie. That's which one? I guess there's the, the movie, Shining? the TV movie. The oh, oh, you mean the... the Stephen King one that I guess wasn't very good. Oh, I didn't know there was a TV movie. I've never seen it, but you know that Stephen King hates the movie, The Shining with Jack Nicholson, right? Uh, I have heard that. Yeah. I don't know why. Stephen I think King, though, I mean, come on, guys. Have you seen Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, that movie was a masterpiece. was a masterpiece, Jeff. Yeah. And I'll never let you live down that that was your first movie suggestion that's on right. this podcast. I'll stand by it. No, that's not true. I'm sorry. I lied. It wasn't Fright Night your suggestion? Episode four? Oh, yes, it was. All right. So your second suggestion. Yeah, nice. But that was still a good one. I really liked Maximum Overdrive for what it was. Yeah, Evil good, Alien but, Cars. Yeah. If you haven't heard that episode, go and check it out. Well, speaking of Steven Spielberg, I just came across some news earlier today about an adaptation of Salem's Lot. It's a remake that came just, out. Just uh, quickly, you mean Stephen King? Is that what did I say? You said Spielberg. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, cool. Just making sure. <laughs> yep. Talking about Stephen King now. That's right. I think I made a bad the king joke of the Stevens about Steven Spielberg earlier today, and that's you why did. I just have him on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there has apparently been a long-awaited adaptation of Stephen King's Salem Lot. It had an original release for I think it was 2002, September 9th, and then it got pushed to April 1st. Excuse me, April 21st of 2023, and now it has been just completely removed from a, a release date. That's too bad. That and was the movie about uh, that Salem the Cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and he managed a parking lot in <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, it was really like everyone's really looking forward to this, and it's the sequel that I've been waiting for from Sabrina. Yeah, the, but the then spin-off. the cat retired. 
Yeah, unfortunately. It's it's sort of like, you know how Breaking Bad had, what was the one with uh, Saul? Better, better Call, call Saul. Saul. Yeah. This was the, the spinoff, right. This was the Breaking Bad, or the, the Better Call this Saul. This is the Better Call Saul. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently this is being released by WB and there are a lot of concerns going around that this is going to be another one of the WB movies that they just decide to shelve and never release. Right. They're like, you know, what's the greatest business practice is finishing a movie and then being like, nah, yeah, nobody can see it. Changed our minds. Well, they just did that with Coyote, Coyote versus Acme. Yeah. Like they, it got it was about to be completely shelved. Then interest got renewed in it because they were going to do that. And I think they were going to sell it, but then they didn't like. Yeah, they're like not enough money, and they're. I think they're burning it now. They're going to get rid of it. Completely I believe again. so. Yeah. So that's, and it was co-written by James Gunn. Yeah. And produced by him, and starring a bunch of really cool people. I think Adam Scott was in it. I know John Cena was in it as well, mm-hmm. but it's just some really, really shitty sucks. moves from WB, and this might be another one of those movies. And Stephen King just tweeted out today: "Between you and me, Twitter, I've seen the new Salem's Lot, and it's quite good. Old school horror filmmaking, slow build, big payoff." Not sure why WB is holding it back. Not like it's embarrassing or anything. Who knows? I just write the fucking things. So it's, I mean, fucking WB, they are so fucking shady. They did that with Batgirl as well, which maybe it wouldn't have been good. But still, the fact that they're doing this for tax write-offs and I don't know, all all these other stupid reasons. It's Mm -hmm. just like, fuck you guys, man. This is my corner. Steve is really angry at WB, especially after he had to go watch The Flash. Yeah, Warner Brothers, more like wet balls. More like, got him. I thought there was going to be a sound. Oh, uh, <laughs> let me see. Yeah, fuck you, WB. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, Jeff, let's go into one of my favorite bits of the horror hour. I'm going to start calling it public domain dungeon. Ah. So there is apparently a image release for a new movie coming out called Goldilocks and the Three Bears Death and Porridge. I'm going to show you I'm, this. I'm guessing that she kills the bears. Though so the description that I have. Oh. Variety details in the adaptation of the fairy tale, Goldilocks and the three bears live together in isolated houses in the woods. When a group of friends enter their home, Goldilocks, leader of the bears pack, decides to get rid of the intruders. There is no word on a U.S. release yet, but it will be coming our way. So I figured you'd be excited to hear about that. Did you like that image that I showed you? I, yeah. So is that a, just a man wearing a, a bear hat or a bear like a mask, kind of like a helmet? Yep. Yeah, I guess so. Is that supposed to be Goldilocks? I believe so. With like, oops, something happened. I don't know. Uh, yeah, like I really, I would, I would call it a dumb mask. <laughs> I like the bear. So there's some more fun stuff. I just like at the end of the article that I, I got this from. It says the box office success of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey last year is to blame for this. This current trend of public domain inspired horror movies with a sequel. Based on, on bears. Um, yeah, that I mean, I'm not excited about that but someone out there probably will be who has two thumbs and is pointing them at him is it you it's me Uh, i'm not i'm not gonna say i'm excited but i'm i'm very intrigued as i am with all of these movies last week we did talk about two trailers for cinderella's revenge and cinderella's curse i think those are their names but i'll be watching both of those (laughs) so this is a little bit of late news but i just wanted to bring it up in case anyone had not already heard but there is a, another solo Predator movie coming out, or it's been announced. It's called Badlands, and it is being directed by Dan Trachenberg once again, who came back or who came and directed Prey, which ended up being a really big hit, which I thought was super good. And I have only read that the plot details are being kept pretty close to the chest, so not mm-hmm. much is known. It's just known that it's not going to be a direct sequel to Prey. 
But I really like how Dan Trachenberg kind of brought the Predator, these these aliens back into like the limelight because mm-hmm. I'm I think you saw the movie The Predator, right? Yeah, it was really bad. It is absolute garbage. Yeah, it's really hard to watch. I saw it in theaters. Ooh, did yeah, James you? and I saw it in theaters and it was it was a rough watch. I believe it. I watched it at home on streaming and I think the only reason why I finished it was because I was just drinking yeah, <laughs> some yeah. Beers. it feels very much like um what a 13 year old uh boy would think is cool yeah it's really just bad and i think there was like uh a pedophile also in the movie oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. known beforehand it's yeah. like the director is like yeah like we're friends so yeah so I'll, I'll give him a job and it's like guy he's convicted and everything like please don't do that so thankfully, Dan Trachenberg was able to bring these predators back into into our our light, into the good, just the, into good, the good side. The good side. Thank you. And uh, what else is there on this? I'm excited. Yeah, I nice. want to see more of these creatures. Um, I really want them to kind of keep going into different like eras, like the yeah. Because I mean, we've gotten enough of the like predator movies just in the regular predator verse mm-hmm. i don't know i don't need more of that i kind of want to see them like in feudal japan or something you know i think yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. pretty rad or maybe i don't know have they done an other planet predator movie yeah predator oh. predators that's mm. the one where they with adrian Brody. i didn't watch a lot of them to be honest dude let me tell you predators is really good hmm. it's super good and then i actually recently rewatched predator 2 for the first time in a very long time it's it's weird. <laughs> it's definitely not great, but yeah. there are some good moments in it. And Danny Glover is pretty rad in it. And it also has Bill Paxton. Hey, who we will be talking about in just a little bit. That's here. right. But I just love that it's that era in the early 90s where a city like Los Angeles was just riddled with crime all the time. And it's just right. like gang wars in the streets. And they have like uh, mohawks and yeah. leather, like sleeveless leather jackets and it's stuff. A, it was an interesting era. So we'll see where this new Predator movie is. Speaking of, place. Bill Paxton yes. also played a sleeveless leather jacket punk in the Terminator movie. That's right. Another James Cameron movie. That's right. We're slowly hinting at the movie. You guys all know already what we're talking about. Did you know that Bill Paxton is the only person to be killed by an alien, a predator? In the Titanic? <gasps> nah. He was in the Titanic? He was at the beginning. He's part oh. of the research crew who goes looking for the Oh, the right, right, right. That's right. But imagine if he had. That would have been pretty hey. cool. Yeah. Well, one final bit of news I have here is just concerning Megan 2.0. Originally, this had a release date of January, but is now being pushed back to May of 2025. I'm looking forward to this. I think the more I talk about it, the like the more I sort of enjoy the idea. I remember sort of just being like meh about it, and I think I still am, but I'd like to see where this sequel goes. Are there going to be two mm-hmm. Megans? Are there going to be like a, a, an iPod Megan and the, like a robot Megan? Right. Yeah, weird like AI Megan. Mm-hmm. It'll be like that movie Eagle Eye. I, I never saw that. With um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. So all you eagle, all you eagle heads out there will know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, we'll keep people updated more on that. And finally, I lied, Jeff. I lied. One final bit of news. This concerns like you always do. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. I had no idea this was coming to Netflix. And as of February 17th, I guess last week, you can now watch this awesome slasher movie about this crazy holiday concerning 
pilgrims and turkeys. Hey, you're a real turkey over here, am I right? Why are you yawning at me? This Uh-oh. is a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now available to watch on Netflix, and I had a lot of fun with this. I think you should check it out. It, it does have a lot of Scream vibes, maybe not necessarily as humorous, but it, it's the whole whodunit aspect, and mm-hmm. it's around a holiday, and I always say I love me a good holiday-themed slasher movie. That's right. So if you have not seen that movie, definitely check it out. And I know I will be giving this one a rewatch too. Maybe I'll give it, maybe I'll give it a watch this year and closer to Halloween. I mean Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble, right? Yeah. Hit the button. I don't have a gobble button. Oh, what about a laugh button? Oh, that helps. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> I mean, thanks, studio audience. It's that constant validation. Oh, <laughs> it's that constant validation that I need. Yeah, yeah. That you never give me, Jeff. <sighs> Sorry. Well, Jeff. We have talked about a certain alien movie called Alien Original Alien way back in season one, I believe it was. When was that? September? No. Yeah, September. September 2nd of 2022. Interesting. And we almost covered this movie in last year's Hurwitz's Horror-tober part two, the the sequel. sequel. That's right. But. We had a really big schedule, so we decided to sort of push that this one a lot. Yeah, it back. turns out there's like lots of sequels. Yeah, quite a few. There's so we, many second movies to their first movies. So I think now is the perfect time. We've been covering a lot of straightforward horror slashers. And as I mentioned in the intro earlier, it's kind of nice to branch out a little bit. And mm-hmm. I certainly love me some sci-fi, some good sci-fi things like a, like a Stargate SG-1 or a Farscape or dare I even say... Star Trek reference. Dang, it's been a while. It has been, I think, over a month since we've had our Too Star long. Trek reference. I've been thirsty for it. At the end of every episode, I think we both just sort of look at each other and we're like, fuck. We failed again. We failed again. We just shut down. We don't say a word. We just close everything down. We turn off the power and I just leave quietly. There is always like a little after talk that we have. Yeah, that we failed. Uh, a little bit of banter. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as we both realize that the Star Trek reference never happened, I just close the laptop and the recording just shuts off. Yep. It's like, that's it. It's That's over the end until we come back next week and we say we're going to do better. And we finally did it. Will there be more in this episode? I, I honestly have no idea. Will we break our record of three, maybe four references? Something probably like not. That. <laughs> That's my guess. Yeah, Steve, I do not. have a question for you. Yes, Jeff. It's an important question. Let's have it. Do you know what's scarier than one alien? Dare I say two alien? <gasps> what was that? Wait, what's up? <laughs> Jeff, let me ask you a question. Okay, I'm ready. What's scarier than one twister? <gasps> no, don't even say it. Two, two twister. Two twister coming this fall on Fox. Two twister, too furious. Yeah. Two twister, back in the habit. Twister two. Did you double see- the twister, <laughs> double the fun. Did I see what? <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. This this that's this episode is now about Twister. Twister. Twister Welcome two. to uh, a movie starring Bill Paxson called Twister Original Twister from 1997, also with Helen Hunt. Twist and shout, and a baby now. Well, what? That was a record scratch. Right. Wait a second, Jeff. We're not talking about Two Twister, Two Furious. What movie are we talking about today? Well, Steve, we're talking about the movie. Aliens from 1986, directed by everyone's favorite, Jimmy Cameron. You're going out there to destroy them. 
By everyone's favorite, I mean most people think he's kind of an ass. But he makes pretty good movies. Right. Not to study. Not to bring back. But to wipe them out. That's the plan. There's no what? She's supposed to be some kind of consultant. Apparently, she saw an alien once. Whoopie fucking do. <laughs> what exactly are we dealing with here? Kane, who went into that ship, said he saw thousands of eggs there. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. So who's laying these eggs? So, Jeff, I got to say, I we've both seen this movie before. That's true. But I kind of wanted to, like I keep saying, branch out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen this movie in a hot minute. And I just think aliens are super cool. So I I agree. Super pumped about this episode because I think it kind of meets that that middle ground of horror with action like perfectly. Yeah, especially with James Cameron. I feel like the Ridley Scott movie leaned more into horror than this one. But Absolutely. This one, I would I would say this one still counts. Oh, 100%. You're seeing people like get eaten. Oh, fully acid. ripped in half. Yeah, acid going down on people's faces, yeah. explosions and shit. Facehuggers alone are horrific enough to, yeah. to make this a horror movie in my in my book. Yeah, there's like a bit too when you see a facehugger in a tube and it, it's little penis kind of just rubs against yeah, the Yeah, it's glass. like it's mouth penis. Yeah, and it's just like opening, closing a little bit like giving everyone little kisses yeah i love you get over here hey let me give you a little kiss (laughs) blap that was uh eggs that was it right right right. (laughs) well jeff let's get into this movie so i gotta say one of the first things that i uh, like i just wrote down was that goddamn this used universe is beautiful and everything looks so cool Mm -hmm. all of the practical effects on this everything is just so believable and that's what I really liked about a the first one, and mm-hmm. then also another like James Cameron movies. I guess the early ones. I guess I'm referring specifically to Terminator. Yes, like or Terminator Two. Terminator Two to be extra it, specific. Yeah, because in the beginning of that, all of that practical stuff with the miniatures mm-hmm. and all of like the Terminator, uh, the skeletons crushing skulls and moving around and just looking about with their red eyes. Right. It's just there's something so satisfying about that, and and everything in this universe. It just it looks so cool. I would even say this in Aliens, it feels like it could be in the same universe as Terminator. Absolutely. I'm like, oh, this feels like we're watching Terminator f- for part of it. Like some of the dropship shots. Yeah. And even the to the point, adventures. honestly, where a little bit I was like, huh, James Cameron. Lots of, um, you know, in the in Avatar, there's people in their yellow mech suits. That's true. There's always a drop ship. It's always lit in a specific way with the headlights showing and it's like smoky blue skies and stuff. It's kind of like maybe it's more of like a, his style, but it also feels a little bit like recycling, if you know what I mean. This whole episode isn't going to be shitting on uh, <laughs> James, James Cameron. Cameron, but some of it is going to be that. I mean, I feel like a lot of things I've heard about James Cameron aren't necessarily great. He's yeah. not necessarily the easiest person to work with. Right. Unless James Cameron, you can prove us wrong by calling into the show and leaving us a message and saying, I am a nice person. And you just yell at us. Yeah. Call the hot take hotline. And we'll you'll be able to find that number at the end of the show. Yeah. So the salvage team ends up coming across Ripley and Jonesy the cat and she is rescued. But apparently she's been floating around in space for like 57 years. Yeah, I didn't remember that being that way. 
I believe it was in a deleted scene that she also, we also find out that she had a kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're introduced to Paul Reiser, whose name is Burke. He works for the company and he's the one to tell her this news. He's like, yeah, no one told you. Oh, oops. Uh, Oops, it's been a long time. Your daughter's dead. Yeah. And they delve deeper into that in that deleted scene, which also I was mentioning to you, Jeff, that you do get to play as Ellen Ripley's daughter, daughter Ripley in the game Alien Isolation. It's pretty fun. It's one of those games where you don't have really too many weapons and it's a lot of hiding from one alien as Mm -hmm. it stalks you. And the whole story is she goes out looking for her mom and it's just really convenient that she ends up finding a ship very much like the Nostromo (laughs) that she has to go around and hide from an alien. Yeah. Although there is some Sounds sweet good. DLC where you do get to play certain levels from Alien Original Alien. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's uh yeah, yeah, there's some cool shit. I think it's mm-hmm. called like yeah, it's really fun. So if, if you like those kinds of games, check it out. It's available on most platforms. Anyways, we also have a really cool dream sequence where we see a chestburster almost explode from Ripley. And it just looks really cool and gross because you see her skin stretching. And I'm like, Yeah, that was Man. nasty. But I did like that they didn't show anything. They showed it pushing out. Mm-hmm. They weren't coming out of the gates too fast with some of this horror stuff. But that's still that image alone is fucking upsetting. Oh, yeah. But of course, it was a dream. So she wakes up. And I really like that once she's all better, she gets taken into a boardroom and she has to talk to a bunch of pencil pushers and a bunch of just fucking shitty people who are like, so you know how much uh, the Nostromo costs when you blew that up? Like, does your story check out? Um we're not really going to listen to what you have to say. Aliens. We- it's like, oh, it sounds like you're being kind of like a, a hysterical woman. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like you're making up a lot of stuff and you cost us a lot of money, which we don't like that. I, I just I'd love a good scene like that just because I love having some people to hate. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck these guys. Yeah. They're you the have to see their come up. Exactly. And we also do learn that everyone's kind of chill about it because there's some colonies that went to this planet. I believe it's. LV426, and they have been, what's the word I'm looking for? Terraforming mm-hmm. the the whole planet. Uh, but There's like a bunch of families up there. And they've never really heard anything about it until, of course, Ripley gets back. And she's like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. We need to go out there and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Paul Reiser says it's fine uh, until he yeah. comes to her door knocking and says, hey, we've lost contact with this colony. Cool. So you want to go up there and hang out with them some more? We need you to come along with us to be an advisor. And she only agrees to go if they nuke the entire place. Yeah. And also, like, they kind of fucked her whole life up and she can't get a job. And they're like, we'll also make sure you have a good job and stuff. And we'll kind of make sure people know you're not crazy. Yeah. That kind of Which I was like, that's a, I feel like it would be hard to come up with a reason that Ripley would want to go back. And it's yeah. like that. I feel like that was believable. Oh, absolutely. You know? Especially because she's lost everything. Her family's yeah. gone now. She's having she's like night terrors and constantly. I will say I I was slightly sad when her character cuts her hair to symbolize she's the new Ripley. Now she's the aliens Ripley because an alien one and in the opening shots when she gets back, she has just still that big, big 80s or like late 70s hair. Oh, I love it, man. You and big hair. I can't get enough. of I it. I will say um, I don't know if it was technically a mullet. <laughs> I have a very loose uh, definition of a mullet, which um, Skylar fights me on. But her her OG hair felt very mullety to me. I feel like I've you said that about a lot of hairstyles that I ended up finding myself in love with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like Paul Reiser was like just you know. I think he used to have a mullet. Was he mad about you? No, oh. no he wasn't. <laughs> I'm really glad he didn't. Uh... Hit the boo button there. Boo. I forget you have that kind of control. Where you can I know. Just... I honestly kind of forget I have all these buttons over here. 
Well, anyways, we end up meeting the crew. There's the whole shot of them coming out of the cryo sleep. Very reminiscent of the first. But I just love that all of these space marines that she's with, they all have, for the most part, like really believable characters. Mm -hmm. I was reading somewhere that I think that this film, this movie was filmed out of order. And so some of the stuff mm -hmm. were there on the ship and kind of you can see all the camaraderie and it, it's right. like tight. That was one of the last shots that they filmed because the they wanted to all like were able to get along and right. know, become very comfortable with each other. And that was so apparent. And that's something that just makes a movie so much more believable. And these characters are over the top, but they're also fun to watch. You have like the hard ass sergeant who has a cigar as soon as he gets out of the cryo sleep. Yeah, and, it's in his mouth and he's like, all right, shoulders and toes or whatever. The classic uh, uh, elbows and assholes <laughs> shoulders and toes all right everyone <laughs> your leg bones connected to your tailbone <laughs> yeah like some of the more notable names that i have here is we have gorman who i guess this is like one of his first missions leading and he's just kind of a kind of like shit. a quivering asshole the whole time <laughs> yeah he's just everyone's favorite person to hate there's yeah. hicks who is played by terminator's own michael bean we have Hicks, who, of course, is played by Bill Paxton, and just he's one of my favorites. Hicks is just one of those guys. He he has probably some of the most quotable lines from this whole movie. Oop, Hudson. Hudson. Hudson I was like, bad. wait, those guys, both their names is Hicks? <laughs> yeah, Bill Paxton plays Hudson. Sorry about that. That's right. And I think he might be my favorite. Just absolutely. Game over, man. It's game over. There, we, there it is. There we go. <laughs> I was reading somewhere, too, that most of his lines are improvised, which, is, yeah, which nice. is pretty rad. I love Bill Paxton. And then we also have the sergeant, Apone. And then I want to point out Vasquez, who... I mean, I feel like a standout. Absolutely. And Our introduction the, is... Hmm. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, you please. The the Her doing pull-ups. Yeah. Just pull, all kinds of pull-ups. And those are all really done, too. I was impressed. And I love that Hudson comes up behind her and he's like... Hey, Vasquez. Have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, hell yeah, burn. Here's something kind of funny about that character is that actress is actually just a white woman. Huh. Yeah. And she Yikes. also okay. plays Kyle, not Kyle Reese. Who's the kid? The Terminator kid in Terminator 2. John Connor. She plays John Connor's uh, foster mom who gets like the... Uh, liquid terminator oh no i want to watch that now yeah that's her oh that's 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 always kind of a weird thing when you watch an old movie and it's like hey remember that guy that indian guy who was like hanging out with that robot when you were a kid <laughs> short circuit johnny five yeah that's just a white dude <laughs> yeah that was maybe a little bit more offensive than this one but still <laughs> yeah still i honestly had no idea about that until i read it Online. Me neither. I didn't know yeah. until this very moment. Surprise, man. Well, uh, another fun fact about Vasquez, that character inspired another character. Really? A character you know of as Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation. Get out of town. Star Trek, Star Trek reference, reference number, number two. two. Is that true? Yeah. Holy shit. Um, she was actually going to be cast as Tasha Yar and then um, something else happened. That's awesome. And we got somebody else. Man, we are just hitting these Star Trek That's right. left and right. So my If you wait, uh, sorry, let me just talk <laughs> over you for a second. <laughs> Please. You're good at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you want the full fact here, which I think is worth mentioning. Okay. So she inspired the character of Tasha Yar. And then she was 
originally going to play the part and didn't. And then she later made a brief appearance on Star Trek Generations in 1994. This is part of it. Hang on one second. You pause that. Hey, Uh, I'm back. Yeah. Welcome back, Steve. To Uh, everyone's favorite podcast. Hurwitz's House of Horrors. Podcast. Uh, (laughs) So as I was saying, sorry, sorry. Because uh, someone uh, rudely took a phone call in the middle of my super good fact. Well, that's I just wanted to kind of give anticipation to myself. Right. You wanted more. to let me gather my thoughts and exactly. like really be like, you know, wind up everything. to this fact. Like I'm at, this trivia fact. I'm at the bat plate with my baseball bat. I'm at the plate with my baseball bat. Yeah, you're and it and people should know that you're an avid baseball player. And hey, Jeff, Steve, swing away, swing away, Merrill. So. As I was saying, Vasquez inspired the character of Tasha Yar in Star Trek. She was almost cast in that role and wasn't. Ended up guest starring on Star Trek Generations. The movie, correct? Uh, Correct. In 1994. (laughs) Wow, dude. uh, Interrupting me (laughs) fucking yet again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bill Paxton's character, Hudson, inspired the character Guy Fleegman in the Star Trek spoof Galaxy Quest. Also starring Sigourney Weaver. Oh, my God. <laughs> Star, Star Trek, Trek reference. That's number kind of three. A, that's number two. But also there's so many there that it has to be number three. <laughs> it's like two, two and a half. All of that is able to just kind of connect and round itself out. That's right. And it's like you, a beautiful circle. Life is, you know, life is a like a box of chocolates. That's right. Wait, did you just say you're a flat earther? What's up? What? No, dude. Everyone knows the earth is round. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that was a uh, Star Trek reference to plus. Can I add another plus to that? Can I have this be two, two plus, plus, plus plus? Because only if you pay a little bit extra per month and you can't share it with your friends. Deal. <laughs> Good one. Go ahead. <laughs> the, a lot of Star Trek fans consider Galaxy Quest to be an unofficial Star Trek movie. Whoa. Yeah. Well, they're fucking wrong. I'm just kidding. Now, <laughs> see what, you, what you've done to me? <laughs> I really got you heated. I'm so now sorry. I feel like I want to be antagonistic about everything. <laughs> Come at me. I want to just drink the rest of your Red Bull. Hey, who are you, James Cameron over here? I'm over here stabbing the little mini horror house over and over. Imagining it's me. Yeah. Let's die. Um, anyway. Can I continue? Steve? Yes. Thank you. Uh, my next note just says Octarian Poontang. This has me with a handful of questions that I want to ask you, Jeff. I don't know if I'm ready for him, but go ahead. <laughs> so Octarian, I'm assuming, is some sort of race. And in all in the entire alien franchise, we've never really seen any other like species other than human beings and the xenomorphs and maybe like some proto xenomorphs. I guess also right. the engineers, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. big white mm-hmm. bald men. Right. Their whole bodies are white. Like not, you know, uh, just big, tall, bald, white men. <laughs> and so I'm wondering, is Octarian like a, an alien race that we haven't seen? And That's like, my guess, because they said a couple things that you know via context clues i was like yeah that's going to be another alien race but also made me realize they're very chill about just aliens mm-hmm. in general and not just like xenomorphs existing it's like oh so there's like like you said there's uh almost said observers engineers? Guys. Ob- yeah. uh, engineers um engineers and now apparently this other thing yeah they just... said something like um fuck i wish i remembered that's okay. They reference something like, oh, no, 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 they oh, do such and such. And I was like, oh, so that, that they are referencing something. Yeah. And I like that if 
like this the this human race if they can go out into the stars they hopefully would have come across right. you know some more life i sort of kind of wish we have would have been able to see more of that in this franchise yeah me too i think that's it would be really fun to watch you know it would be a fun idea is is if they would make um an alien spin-off that was like a crew they would like go out into the stars on like a journey or something and like explore they, these other species these other, these other aliens would they kind of be on a trek? They'd be on they'd be on kind of like a trek through the stars. On a Star Trek? Okay, that's Star Trek number, <laughs> or number four, I guess. We have to move on. I, I, I just want the listeners to know that halfway through that, Jeff just closed his eyes for a second and shook his head as he progressed through that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that's a... And I am curious about... I feel like, honestly, if we just Googled... Probably. The name of that spe- species, it would be like, yeah, here's the whole backstory. But yeah. you know what? We're not going to do We're not going to do that. I know that there's like an entire alien comics that have, that have happened. I think maybe Marvel right. Senator, Black Horse or Dark Horse or whoever. And I know James has had a handful of them, too. I think he used to have them before he... Mm-hmm. Actually, probably does. He has that huge just... Wall lots of, of books. well, lots of bookshelves. Yeah, I've heard some of them are pretty good. I've just never really looked into it, but you're yeah, probably right. You can find more about that in the comments. Hey, and if anybody does, let us know because this isn't the podcast of research; it's the podcast of maybe. Who's to say? Uh-huh. So <laughs> you look so proud. <laughs> you stare me in the eyes, and you just look <laughs> so proud. Well, let's move uh, back into the Please. story here. We have Ripley meeting Bishop, who she is not a big fan of because she does not or she wasn't been she hasn't been told that he is a synthetic or what, what does he call himself? Uh, uh, something human and uh, augmented human, augmented human or something, something like, not like augmented, that. but something like that. Yeah. And artificial human, artificial human. Yeah. There is a pretty funny scene where Bishop puts his hand on top of Hudson's and he does mm-hmm. that knife game. Which I feel like we just talked about some people doing. It that, was because we? they were doing that in My Bloody Valentine. That's what it was. And you're just like, this is what people did for fun. And I was like, why? Why? <laughs> for the rush, I guess. I guess That's so. so sad. But yeah, there it's originally going to be Bishop doing it. And then they slowly put Hudson's hand mm-hmm. over or something. And so when he ends up cutting himself a tiny bit, Bishop. That's when Ripley sees the the milk coming yeah, out the of the robot him. milk. And she's just like, what the fuck is this? And I like that when Bishop asks, I think it's Paul Reiser, Burke. Like, what model was it? He's like, oh, it was this early model. And Bishop mm-hmm. replies, yeah, they were fucking flawed. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's like, oops, oopsie daisies. Don't worry. We have essentially Isaac Asimov's rules <laughs> in she, our bodies. She's like, I don't care. Stay the fuck away from me. Yeah, and she like smacks some shit out of his hand. I'm like, damn. I really thought Lance Hendricks. Prejudice. Lance Hendrickson did a great job as like this this android. Me too. He Like, there's no emotion. I may have too much trivia in this in this movie but as we're talking all these little things are popping up in my head and i don't want to slow it down too much but come at us just a couple of quick things here he got stopped at the airport on the way to the uk to film because practicing for that knife scene ah he's like i don't know what kind of knife they want me to use so i'll just try out a bunch of different ones Uh and they stopped him at the airport with like six (laughs) knives in his bag and he's like oh fuck that's i guess that's not what you're supposed to do how does that story end because this was the 80s so you know like you're good in a pre-9-11 world man you can bring anything on a plane yeah, he's like, don't worry, I'm a movie star. And they're like, sure, going through. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're fine. You want extra knives for your movie? <laughs> we big, have some. Man. Um, and then also, apparently, he he was like, I want to wear these contacts with two pupils in them. Because I'm like a robot. Spooky. And they tried it. And um, James Cameron was like, no fucking way. That's way too creepy. That's you cool. like look creepier <laughs> than the aliens. So he t- he took him out. He's like, you're creepy enough just with your normal face. 
Because he, like, he yeah, definitely was. Getting hired for a role just for being fucking creepy. Right. Yeah. I do like that he does come back as another synthetic, I think, in oh, Alien 3. Cool. And then in the Alien and Predator franchise, or Alien vs. Predator franchise, we learn that Lance Hendrickson, he is... I think he's Wayland. He's Wayland from the Wayland Utani Foundation, from the corporation oh. that has sent this crew out. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think they're given the name in this, but it's I think in the future movies, right? That it's all connected. But also, that is sort of weird that you would make an android based off of yourself to go well, do menial tasks. But well, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, other people have done it. Have they? Yeah, like um, Doctor Elon Musk. Doctor, what's the name? Doctor Song. Jeff Bezos, Dr. Song, Dr. What's his name? What you do, know who I'm talking I don't about? Know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I do believe a certain Android was made in his creator's appearance. Wait, do you mean a certain sci-fi show called Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek reference. reference number five <laughs> data wow. data? Yeah. What's his Dr. Swan? What's Dr. his name? What did you say the first time? Song. It's something like that. Something like that. Dr. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I completely. But you know, it that. seems like a fairly common thing in sci-fi. Like interesting them being like, "I'm God. I make them in my image." Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. But I get that would be weird, and I wouldn't like that either. But hey, to each their own. Real quick, this this episode's gonna be like four hours long. It's, but if if that were the case, I feel like people would just fuck with the robots all the time. You exactly. Know? To be like, "Ha, look, I'm poking your face." <laughs> yeah, it's like this uh, this big time big company owner. Look, I'm poking his eyeball. Yeah. Or look, I pulled his pants down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's. I do me. forget that they're like basically human, but. <laughs> but they bleed milk. That's right. As we all do. My next couple notes just say, oh, well, this is when the xenomorphs get their name. I don't think they were ever called oh, anything this is besides the first time? aliens or like creatures in Alien Original Alien. Mm-hmm. And they call them xenomorphs. All we know is that there's still no contact with the colony and that. A xenomorph may be involved. Excuse me, sir. Uh, a what? A xenomorph. And I just love that that's become their name. Yeah, They're historic moment. Yeah, it's just it's it's like an upsetting name to me too, or maybe I just associated with these things. But right. it just sounds it sounds like the way I think that they look. Yeah, it's a great name. Slimy and a little upsetting. Yeah, and they look great. We have the scene where we have the cargo suit loaders. We have Ripley suiting up, and she's like, "I can help too." And I really like that they made a point to show that uh, Ripley is a woman and that she can do all these things that all these men can. Yeah, it was like all in the reaction of the two guys where she's like, I don't know, can I help? And they're like, uh, I don't know, what can you do? And she's like, check this fucking shit out. And like they do a whole suit up scene. And it's supposed to be like, whoa, badass. But it's like there's a bunch of people using those things. It was just like. Whoa, you're a girl and you can do that? Crazy. Yeah. I also just like this scene, too, because you see all of the other people using these suits and you Mm -hmm. see them moving in the background and they just look so fucking cool. Again, very cool. It's just all of these impressive shots Mm -hmm. and and the realistic things like I'm sure in a movie around this time, it would probably be CG. Oh, currently? Yeah, 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 yeah. And no electronics were used, apparently. That's cool. It was all like wires and like green screened men and stuff. I keep saying this every time we watch a movie with practical effects like this, but it just like they it just feels better. Yeah. And just the whole use universe. I'm, I'm bringing up again. Everything just seems so cohesive and mm-hmm. like it belongs in this world. Right. Robot loaders with 
big clampy hands. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, cool. yeah, hell yeah. People apparently thought that was real, so they called it. They were like, we want to buy those for our business. That's awesome. It's like that's not how this works. Our next shots are of everyone arming up. We have some big guns, and you were telling me a fact about some of the big pulse. I don't know if they're the pulse rifles, but they're like rail guns. And you were telling me that they use like camera. Oh, arms. steady cams. Yeah, yeah, they're like big vests that you put cameras on for like st- uh, ha- handy cam stuff, and they just use those for their guns. And they look fucking dope too. Looked really cool. I was reading somewhere that they were like super heavy, so they mm-hmm. had to like tie and duct tape things to themselves just to keep so it up. funny. And it's just, it's, yeah, it just looks so futuristic and so, so cool. Mm-hmm. We have a drop ship taking them down. The Marines hit the ground. They go in and they find everything just completely abandoned. Although there are some areas where you see that, like the acid blood. Like is, acid holes. Yeah, cut through. And at this point, too, Ripley has told the Marines and, and everyone, like, these things they have, they're weird, they're tall, they have mouth mouth clampies yeah little mouth tongue mouths and they bleed acid and so this is the first sign to the marines that oh maybe what she's saying is true because yeah because they're very much like very dismissive through all of it like okay whatever you know the only thing i want to know with aliens where they're at so i can shoot them look man i only need to know one thing where they are whatever it's like okay and she's like really guys this is fucking no joke and they're like whatever bitch how do i get out of this chicken shit outfit it's just so dismissive and then these little signs it's like nah something something's actually going on here Mm -hmm. and then they end up going into a research lab where we come across some face huggers in jars that i sort of mentioned earlier and there's that one that's alive and it looks little little kissy lips up into the glass and it just wiggles around and it's pretty upsetting and it, it, it seems like there's something else going on here because mm-hmm. again, Ripley was told, we're told that they're terraforming and not really doing anything else. But clearly scientists here were researching these creatures. I have a question for you, Jeff. Okay. I, I probably should know this, but I don't. Do you know what, what happened to that alien ship that was on the planet? You mean the ship that was in the first, Oh, one? the original ship. No, I mean, but my guess is maybe she blew it up. I don't think so. Because I knew she blew up a bunch of stuff. She blew up her ship, the Nostromo. Yeah. I'm assuming maybe it's still there. And, and maybe they're just like, the don't scientists go over there. grabbed it. And that they're, they're setting it at this quote unquote terraforming right. planet. If you know, say yes or no in the comments. Yeah. With if no you context, know, uh, say yes or no now. The motion trackers end up going off. And once again, I, I love the sound of the motion trackers. The do, do, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the like, they look like guns almost, but yeah, they're just motion tracking devices. And this leads them to finding Newt, also known as Rebecca Gordon. She is the sole survivor from however many colonists were supposed to be on this planet. They end up finding the colonists under one of the cooling towers. Yo, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Found them. I guess they had these tracking devices so they'd be able to locate them and they're all gathered at this one area. And I think Hudson even goes, what is that? Some sort of town meeting? (laughs) That was my Hudson voice. (laughs) Not very good. So once they fly over there, they end up discovering that the xenomorphs are starting to turn the station into into a nest. And I love the way that it just slowly starts turning from the like uh, human mechanical mechanical. Yeah, yeah structure mm-hmm. and, and then you start to see like the alien hivey gross slimy bits and just the upsetting it's features. almost like it's like 
Some of it almost looks like the inside of an orifice. Yes. Like an esophagus or something. It's like, ugh. It's and like ribbed. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, the the guy who did the, the designs for the original Alien. Geiger. Geiger, yes, thank you. He was very much into that whole, like, mm-hmm. sexual look of things. And, I mean, it's stuck. And it's, like, weird. Yeah. And I like he didn't it. come back for this one. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can sort of see that. I feel he like. Wa- he, well, he wanted to. Really? Yeah. Why didn't he, they? He, along with. Interestingly enough, uh, Ridley Scott also would have liked to have come back to do the second movie. But for some reason, they were like, nah, we want James Cameron. And then James Cameron decided he's like, I feel like uh, Geiger is maybe like an eccentric, weird dude and hard to work with. So I'm not going to. He was currently working on Poltergeist 2. Nice. So he's like, I'm just going to do I'm just going to work with people I've worked with before. Interesting. That's kind of a bummer. I would yeah. like to have seen maybe more of that Geiger look in this movie. Yeah, me too. But I feel like they did an interesting job with this. Yeah, and Geiger himself was even like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed, but like they did a great job. I liked yeah. everything they did. It's their it's their own take, and it is very much more buggy. Mm-hmm. At least maybe I, we didn't see too much of it in the first one, but it, we just see yeah, more of that insecty like Yeah, totally. Those features that the, the xenomorphs bring. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also learn that the Marines can no longer use their pulse rifles because they have like incendiary rounds in them. Yeah, and it's and, like a nuclear-powered facility. And yeah, if, if something gets hit or ruptured, it's going to cause a thermonuclear explosion for yeah. like... It doesn't sound good. It sounds really bad. And so they have to collect all of the ammo to make sure no one shoots anything. But of course, Vasquez has uh, some extra ammo that she hands out to her buddy, Drake. Yeah, they both... They hand in their ammo and then they sneak a couple extras. They end up coming across the colonists and the first person that we see is just dead. They're in the wall. Yeah, very uh, high above too. Very Jeepers Creepers. And their chests are burst out. Mm -hmm. And then the Marines end up coming across one who is alive and she just starts saying, kill me, kill me. Kill me. And then we see the chest burster just burst right out. And I, I just love that because it's. You know, and it's further down the line from 79. They're able to do a lot more with this thing because, mm-hmm. you know, it was very goofy in the original. Oh, totally. It looks just like a very little stiff. You can see it just like being pulled across or something. Yeah, yeah. The table. Like, Bleh. But this one, the way that it bursts out, too, you can see like it's little arms moving mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's just it looks beautiful. Uh, thankfully, the Marines react the way that they're supposed to. And they use the flamethrower to light that thing up. Yeah. But upon doing so, this upsets all of the other xenomorphs. And in probably one of my favorite shots, we start to see them like just unravel from the walls and the ceilings and yeah. from behind. And it's just such a cool look because it's if you weren't really looking for it, they blend in perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's they even so show. Cool. I think it's Vasquez. She's like, the, I see like motion everywhere, but maybe they don't show up on thermal. And she like her face pans right past a wall. And then you see it, like you said, unravel from like. A foot away from her, and she didn't notice. It was yeah. like, Ugh, spooky. Coming out of the wall. They're coming out of the goddamn wall. The fuck? And this just leads into absolute chaos. The guy with the flamethrower ends up lighting somebody on fire and then getting pulled up into the rafters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vasquez and Drake end up just shooting everything off. And this is when we sort of see how shit of a guy Gorman is because he just doesn't give anyone orders. They're like, tell us what to do. And he tries a little bit, but their communications are all fucked up. And, and he's kind of like talking quietly. He's very much like a coward. Yeah. And he just doesn't give them anything yeah. to go with. And, and then Ripley's like, do something. Yeah. And then he gets angry at her. Yeah. But 
the sergeant ends up getting killed. And that's when we have Hudson being like, sergeant's gone. We're getting the fuck out of here. So mm-hmm. they start to scatter. But it's just, again, madness. Ripley ends up taking control of the ACP and she drives it right into the facility, smashes in, and she's able to rescue the remaining people. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's down to Hicks, Hudson, Vasquez, and I mean, Newt's there. Her Gorman, I think that's it because we have Drake almost getting to the ACP, but unfortunately he ends up shooting an alien that comes across him. Right. And we get a quick shot, but like the acid it's hits face, his face like, yeah, and it yeah, starts yeah. to melt and then they just have to book it out of there. That scene was cool. I thought I loved all of that, that yeah. whole chaos. Yeah. And it great. really shows like how it's like shoot, even just shooting them up close. It's yes. Like, everything's so dangerous. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh yikes. That went to, shit really quick i'm so glad you said that because i would have forgot but every time a gun was fired all i can imagine especially at the close proximity that mm-hmm. they were to an alien i'm like that's gonna fucking hit you i don't and they don't let that. up either i feel like in a lot of movies they do it once and then yeah. be like ah oh, that's cool and then move on but it's like throughout the whole movie it's like people getting acid on them and oh it's just like fucking unpleasant i also want to mention that michael bean had a shotgun with him oh that's a classic right. shotgun which i really liked it's like yeah you guys can't use these specific futuristic guns but mm-hmm. you know just a classic shotgun he's like i always bring this with me <laughs> that'll help and there is a scene right before the door closes in the apc where he pulls that shotgun out and blasts an alien through the head and some of that does end up hitting hudson oh that's right and i just that was another one of those moments where i'm like god you're gonna it's gonna go all over you mm-hmm. or someone and it did yeah and like that sizzling it's just so like oh yeah he didn't like it and so ripley drives him the fuck out of there but mm-hmm. they end up like stalling because acid has hit the wheels and she's just been driving into corners and shit. Gorman got like falls off or whatever. (laughs) Gorman gets knocked out because he's just a fucking idiot. And what I really like about this scene is once they stop and they're like, all right, we need to do something. We have shots of Hudson talking to Hicks and you just see like still. Oh yeah. 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 I know what you're going to say. Like smoke or Mm -hmm. like Like the steam. steam, Yes. Coming off of his, where he got hit on his armor. And it was just filling up. I'm like, damn like that even makes me uncomfortable like, yeah. i'm sure it's because some of it's like his arm like sizzling it does go and, on his uh, arm, yeah but i just really like that added detail for whatever reason little things like that that was the moment that uh i forget his name already you just said it but the commander guy that was the turning point and he never really gorman returns to being a leader oh yeah yeah, yeah. because he's knocked out this is when ripley ends up telling Burke that Hicks is now in charge because he's the next in the chain of command and this is a military operation mm-hmm. and which I feel like in reality Ripley's in charge it felt like you know what I mean yeah, she's kind of like now Hicks is in charge but she's still kind of like calling the shots and she knows what's going on it was kind of a cool little yeah and she just says we need to nuke this place from space mm-hmm. and I love I think it's Hudson he replies god damn or something fucking hey yeah well, Hicks now makes the call to nuke the place. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, a xenomorph has gotten on this dropship and we have a kill right here. I kind of neglected oh, yeah, huh? some kills. Hit, hit, a, hit a couple kills for the ones that we yeah. lost in the, hey, in the nest. Hey, here's to you. I will remember you. The dropship pilot gets the alien mouth tongue to the face. Yeah. Because she turns around and we just see an alien walk through the door just chilling like, hey, what's up? And yeah, then we just see the dropship hit something and it just veers There's out blood of control. all over the window and yeah. stuff, the windshield. And then it crashes literally right almost on top of the whole group. Mm-hmm. They dive out of the way. And we have more of Hudson now just losing his shit. Well, that's great. That's just fucking great, man. 
Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're some real pretty shit now, man. All of these lines again are so brilliant, but there is one in particular, which you have already hit the button for, but Jeff, can you hit it again? Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> I also just love the way his voice cracks in that too. too. It's just like that, that man's freaking out. He he's mainly just panicking through this whole movie. Clearly, he is not very good under pressure. Yeah. Although he does pull it together towards the end a little he's bit. He's got some which cool is, moments. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. I do like those. Well, they end up finding out that no one is gonna come for them for at least 17 days, and they have no way off the planet now. At least it seems like that. They end up bunkering down in the main facility that mm-hmm. they started off in. Welding doors shut and stuff. Sealing tunnels, just making sure that they can survive. This is when they start to talk about, like, where are the eggs coming from? You know, how are they reproducing? Yeah, somebody's birthing them. Exactly. So there must be something that they haven't seen. And this is when Burke becomes just now completely clear that he is a piece of garbage. That's right. Apparently, he is the one who gave the orders to send the colonists out to this place and mm-hmm. that he wants to bring these things back. And Ripley's like, that's not going to happen. And he's like, what, what if they don't know? You know, they don't know what they're dealing with. We'll bring it back. We'll split some profits. We become the heroes. And she's like, fuck that. Yeah, boo. We have Bishop coming back into the picture and he points out that there is something going on. I think it's at the cooling station where they now have a four hour window. Otherwise, everything's yeah, going like to blow up. The, the nuclear facility is like, oh, there's so much damage. Like there's no turning back now. There's no way. It's like a weird self-destruct emergency thing. Yeah. And I'm sure sh- the shooting going on down there did not right. help at all. And, and flamethrowers and such. So that's going to explode. It's like a 40 megaton nuke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they realize that they can send for a second drop ship from space from the ship that they were on. Mm-hmm. But Bishop needs to go out to remote control it. He needs to readjust the satellite and the remote right. control it down. And I sort of talked to you about this scene while it was happening. They end up cutting open a like a really tiny tunnel, a service tunnel. It's essentially just a really big pipe that he has to crawl through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's not, the size of him. Yeah. And it hasn't been up until recently where, you know, I don't think I'm that claustrophobic Mm -hmm. seeing that and just the way that the camera, it was in front of his face and he was just wiggling shoulder moving. I was like, that sucks. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Mm, Me too. I hated that. There's also a funny bit where as he's getting in the little tunnel, he's being handed the things that he needs to fix the satellite. Vasquez hands him a gun and he just kind of looks at it and hands it to Ripley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think the most upsetting part about that is that they weld him back in or they weld the top. Yeah, they're like welding the it shut as he's wiggling through. I mean, I guess it keeps him from or any aliens from getting through. Right. And I think he even said it's like 40 minutes to get from one end of this tunnel to where he's supposed to go. And that also upset me. Yeah, I don't like that. So he ends up making it to the satellite. He readjusts it and he calls the drop ship to come pick them up. So that is on its way. Mm hmm. We have a bit with Ripley and Newt being set up by Paul Reiser. Because everyone's favorite Paul. Everyone's favorite Paul. I think mine's Paul McCartney, but well, this is my second favorite. She ends up taking a nap with Newt underneath one of the beds. Oh, I just undid my thing. <laughs> my hoodie. <laughs> my hoodie thing. And then she wakes up and she had a gun in the room initially. That's gone. And then she sees one of the tubes that had the face hugger in it just knocked over. And we have a face hugger jumping at them. She traps it behind the bed. And I like that we see this thing moving this time because I don't yeah, I think we just it saw it great too. jump around in Alien, original Alien. Yeah, a lot of like reversed shots. Yeah, or it just stuck on someone's face. Yeah. But yeah, seeing this thing move around, it is 
kind of like a giant spider. And yeah, I it kind of reminds spiders. me of the thing a little bit. It's yeah. like it's like a weird spider made out of human fingers. Very wiggly. Very, Very upsetting. This is when we see Paul Reiser. He shuts off the camera that is focusing in this lab and Ripley and Newt can't get out. They're behind this intense glass. They're trying to beat it. Yeah, all the doors are locked. But Ripley comes up with a good idea to set off the sprinklers. Mm -hmm. That's when the rest of the Marines come in. And we end up seeing that there's also a second face hugger because one jumps at Ripley and it has its little tail thing wrapped around her neck. Yeah. She's keeping it from going on her face. And this is when we really see the fingery yeah. legs moving about. And yeah, it's upsetting. Yeah, it is. And then behind Newt, we see a, a second one start to wiggle up and she ends up trapping it behind a table using the same move that Ripley yeah. did with the bed. I thought was cool. They did a lot of that, like her mirroring Ripley, which was I thought was cool. I haven't really delved too much into into Newt, but she's she's great. I think yeah, she's good she's character. Good. good actor. She's really just a traumatized kid through all this. Right. And she does a good job expressing that and just being like, oh, yeah, everyone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. But the Marines make it into the lab. I love that they shoot the glass and then Hicks just does a fucking dive straight through the glass. Yeah, me too. A dive like, and a roll. Head first. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. I probably would have kept shooting it until it broke, but maybe yeah, that know. was a faster, maybe just yeah. a cooler way. He ends up helping Ripley. And then uh, this is when we see Hudson sort of He shine. steps up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he kicks the... Uh, whatever is holding this face hugger that Newt had holding and he just lights the fucking thing up with his mm -hmm. gun and he I was very happy he was he, like here you go man because you've mainly just been kind of complaining this whole time you've just lost your shit yeah yeah, yeah all clear nailed the other one it's history man <laughs> they end up getting the face hugger off Ripley too and this is when Ripley really comes at Paul Reiser and then they sit him down and they're like, we're going to kill him. I say we grease this rat fuck son of a bitch right now. Which I thought was, I, I really wish they had. But that doesn't happen because the power gets cut. How do they do it? Who's to say they're aliens? Maybe they're smarter than we think. Yeah. And He's like, how'd they cut the power? They're animals, man. Hudson going back to his old self, mm -hmm. freaking out. What do you mean they cut the power? How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. They end up wielding the door shut, but... We see them with the motion sensor. They're getting closer and closer. They're all backed up into a corner. Which, like you said, is such a cool tool to use. Like it's like uh, it's like Jaws and the floating yeah. thing they attach to it. Yeah. It's like that where it's like you see them getting closer, but it's only on this little screen. Yeah, you don't see the actual threat yeah. itself. And at a, they realize that the aliens, they should see them. They should be inside of the room. Mm -hmm. And that's when Hicks, they all look up. Hicks goes up, peeks his little head through, and we get a really cool shot of a, just a handful of aliens crawling like down upside down them. like on the ceiling kind of and they just start lighting up the ceiling and once again just that idea in the back of my head is you're going to hit one of the aliens and acid is just going to hit everybody right just so, rain, come raining down exactly the aliens start falling through the ceiling great too and there's more chaos and shooting mm -hmm. this is when paul riser just fucking dips and he locks the door on them so they're yeah. stuck in there so then I think it's up to Vasquez now who has to use the welder to open the door. But we do have Paul Reiser getting his comeuppance. As he locks another door, he's about to try and fuck off somewhere else. A door opens in front of him and we have another <sighs> alien xenomorph appearing. We see its lip thingies rear back and we see the little tongue mouth come out and give him a little kiss in the head. And we have a <laughs> death here. <laughs> Burke gets Minnie Mouse to the head. Now it's just an escape to get to Bishop. Because that's where the ship is, the dropship is coming. Right. And just fucking go there. Yeah. They're all out of options now. Yep. Unfortunately, Vasquez gets left behind and we see Gorman sort of step it up because Newt fucking runs ahead. Vasquez gets stuck. She mm -hmm. gets uh, an alien. She gets acid on her leg. And yeah. 
Gorman again steps up and he goes back to try and help her. He's like a pistol. The but aliens then, all just surround him. Yeah. And I think he's the one who pulls out like an explosive. Yeah, he pulls right? out one of those little, yeah, detonators and they both just hold it together and away they go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We have two kills. Maybe the saddest kills. I'd say so. I like that they self-inflicted. Were, they were doing their best, but yeah, honestly, they've seen what's happened to people that the aliens, the xenomorphs get a hold of. You're either going to get eaten or, you know, chopped up. Mm-hmm. Or you're gonna get a fucking chest burster and you right. get face hugged and I she think had I, a final line too, but I forget it. It was something like, You son of a bitch. I think it's I've always hated you, Gorman, or something. That's right, yeah. You always were an asshole, Gorman. And then <sighs> we have Newt falling into a hole into the sewer. We have right. Ripley and Hicks trying to go find her and great scene for um for people who hate things in the water. Yeah. We got Newt under the grate kind of standing in for her height up to like her neck almost, I would Mm -hmm. say, or chest. Um, And they're like, okay, wait there, wait there. We're going to cut you out. And then we see uh, Xenomorph just stand up out of the water behind her. I was like, oh, that's so good. I think that's like one of the most iconic aliens shots. Totally. I love that shot. And like they're trying to hustle too because once again, the motion tracker is saying, you got a bunch of these fuckers coming at you. Mm -hmm. But the xenomorph ends up grabbing her. Yeah. And all that's left bobbing in the water is this doll head that she's been carrying around. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Spooky. <laughs> well, Ripley is now like time to arm up. We got to go get her because Ripley gave Newt a, a tracker. That's right. So her little, exactly her little tracker is. watch. They exit the facility, but not before Hicks gets hit with some acid and that just fucks him right. up because an alien stops him right before they're about to go in the elevator. Mm-hmm. She gets the armor plating off, but it's I guess it's gotten like over his eye and on his chest. So she's dragging him. They get the bishop. This is where Ripley uh, really enters like badass mode. The next level of badass mode, I guess you'd say. And she just suits up and duct tapes a flamethrower to a to one of those pulse repulse rifles or whatever and shoves a bunch of detonators into her pocket. And it's just like, man, this is like the, the quintessential suit up scene. My note says duct tapes, two guns together <laughs> at the letter two or the number two. That's the, that's the like tagline. <laughs> yeah. Two guns together. Aliens. We also learned that the, there's a self-destruct and they have a 15 minute time limit. So she is just like, you are not leaving. And even Hicks, who's awake at this point, he ends up passing out because he's just so beat up. He's mm. like, we are not leaving, even though Bishop kind of wants to go. Yeah, he's but. like, we need to get the fuck out of here. Nope. Ripley descends into the nest. We have Newt waking up and she's like in the wall. And of course, we have one of the alien face hugger eggs opening up. And we see, again, I just want to reiterate how slimy everything is. Mm-hmm. And when it opens up, it's just... Ugh. I don't know. Just slimy and gross and everything's very like, um, yeah, bodily. It's yeah. How would you upsetting? I mean, you know, you guys have probably seen this movie upsetting and wet. Yeah. Ripley is almost given up hope too because <laughs> she finds the tracker that she gave to Newt just on the floor. Yeah. And but, sticky and wet. Yeah. But then Newt screams as soon as the egg starts opening up and that leads Ripley to her and she's able to light the thing on fire. She grabs Newt and they start to get out of there. Until all of a sudden, Ripley finds herself surrounded by more eggs, and she slowly begins to turn. And Jeff, what? Very dramatic scene. What do we see? Well, for the first time, we see the Xenomorph Queen. It's a, it's like a very big, uh, what would you call? What, what is that called on, on a spider? It's oh. butt. 
a butt. It's a butt? spider butt. There's a name for it, but I forget. But it's like a big, it's like a big slug almost. And it's like just kind of pooping out eggs and you can see all the eggs in it. Very cool effect. I don't yeah. know how they did that, but very cool. It's the miracle of birth. Um, and it pans over more. Yeah. And we see the queen's face. It's like a, it's, it's a lot. It's big. It's pointy. And this queen is. It's massive. I don't know. Would you say maybe like four times the size of a normal xenomorph? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah, it looks massive in this scene and then it seems to be maybe does. a little smaller later but i don't think it is maybe it's just because it was attached to that to the long butt. butt thing and it yeah. was just raised up to the queen apparently took uh anywhere from 14 to 16 different people to operate it i believe that because it was like the head the neck body legs face lips jaw tongue it's like every single thing had a, had its own set of people and i can see that too totally. you can see just how much effort and work goes on it because it looks beautiful mm-hmm. and so realistic and well because you know because it is yeah it's it, i also say the queen is probably slimier than any other xenomorph yeah it's, uh, it's definitely mouth is huge with its big teeth and it even has its own little mini mouth chomper i like the teeth the way the teeth look too they're like clear kind of yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i really like that too sam shit i forget the name of the effects uh, oh sam winston stan winston stan winston that's right um, this is the movie Spielberg saw and was like, oh shit, we, we need to get that guy for Jurassic Park. I, I like this bit too, because we see like this thing has intelligence because Ripley threatens Yeah, it, it. kind of changes everything a little bit. I don't remember this really. Me honestly. neither. This is the first time I've noticed it. So she, yeah, she fires off. Well, we have two xenomorphs coming in kind of like her henchmen. Yeah. From like, the sides. Hey, we're about to fuck you up. Yeah. You're in our territory now. Yeah. And then she ends up firing off the flamethrower like around the eggs to show like, yeah, like I near will, him like a warning shot. I will fuck these things up. Yeah. And then we see we see the queen like acknowledge both of the drones. And yeah. The classic like head nod. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. And they back off. And, and Ripley. Then, yeah. Yeah. yeah you ahead. got it. Oh, Ripley just slowly backs out and they're kind of looking at each other like, <laughs> all right. OK. Yeah. And something she she I think um, Sigourney Weaver was saying and she's a little bummed that they cut the motherhood stuff from her character's arc. Yeah. Because she's like, there's supposed to be all these parallels of like the mo- the queen and her being a mom. And then there's uh, um, Newt. Newt and everything. And this scene where it's kind of acknowledging each other. And, um, but it still totally works. I think. Absolutely. And I, I still feel like there was, I don't know if there was enough of that left in, in cause we watched the theatrical. But the cut. Newt kind of take, I feel like that takes a lot. Yeah, we watched the theatrical. Yeah, and so they don't. Yeah, maybe it's just knowing about her backstory and losing right. her daughter. Maybe that's why I just feel like I kind of get that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is still it is still there. Bare bones. Yeah, because she kind of becomes Newt's mother, so I feel like there's that level of you know parallel. And then she gets she gets all the way to the edge, and then she kind of is like, I love that she kind of gives a look of like, it's almost like I know we had this kind of agreement, but like, well, one of the things yeah, open, one of the eggs opens, and she's like, I mean. It's Come kind on. of a little nod of like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? <laughs> yeah. And then she just lights them up. I was like, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I love that bit. That I, I don't know how I don't remember that from Me before. neither. I don't I remember think, any of that scene. I just remember, yeah, all the action stuff. But that, mm-hmm. I think, is one of my favorite parts. Me too. And she just lights everything on fire. She's shooting off the, the grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. She's firing off the pulse rifle. She is just it's tearing just everything. shit yeah. up. It's fucking great. And now we see the queen detach itself that from was fucking gross. <laughs> it's like it shows it, it's like ripping her like her like egg sack ass is like <laughs> ripping from her body. Yeah. 
And because she's like, um, you know, can't, I can't be chasing you. after you with this. Exactly. I can't be dragging Dump this truck. along with me. Yeah. <laughs> so Ripley and Newt make it to the elevator. But of course, you know, it's taken so fucking long. And that's when we have them seeing the alien queen come around the corner. And I just love the way that this alien queen moves. I like mm-hmm. that it looks so, so sexy. Uh, <laughs> that's not what you're going to say. I like that. It looks so like thin and that's nimble. What, yeah, that's what I meant. But it's still I feel like. I, when I look at it, I feel like I could break an arm, but I also feel like because it's a xenomorph, it's so much tougher than it looks. Right. Like it would have to be to to be able to support the weight of its own fucking head. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost like um like a wrought iron bar. You yeah. Know? It's like so thin and like almost like like insect, like you're saying, but very tough and formidable. Yeah. And when you see it running and moving across, like all of the limbs are moving and it's really upsetting yeah. to me. And it's so cool. The elevator arrives and Ripley and Newt are able to take it up. But then I love that the next shot, you see a second elevator come down and you <laughs> see the, the queen look at it. And yeah. And it's like, fuck yeah. Ripley and Newt get to the top and then they look down and they see the other elevator coming up. And <laughs> I'm just like, it's probably just chilling. And they're like, all right, yeah. here we go. Doody, 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 doo. That's the elevator music. We are also in. It's actually Jeopardy music <laughs> just to clear, clear the air, but. We are also in the final minutes of that 15 minute countdown. So everything on top of the fact that Ripley is exploding everything, the entire facility is just falling apart. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, they, re- as they reach the roof, you know, their, their ship is gone. Yep. Looks like Bishop. They've been left behind. Wait. She's like, damn you, Bishop. Bishop! God damn you! Something like that. Then, uh, Bishop does show up, but not before the queen steps out of the elevator, which I thought looked kind of goofy. Just like kind of, yeah, it was crouched in there. And then you just see it kind of pull itself out. Apparently and, they had to do a bunch of crazy shit to get that shot too. Like they, they just to, like, wouldn't take fit. The tail off or they something. had to take the tail off and remove the back of the elevator and use trash bags and all this kind of crazy shit. You couldn't tell. Yeah. Not at great. all. I mean, Heck, yeah. kind of goofy, but not yeah, for those reasons. Exactly. So Ripley and Newt are about to accept death. She's like, close your eyes, baby. And that's when the ship appears with Bishop. They jump on. Can you take me higher? There has got to be an edit of that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> They end up getting on the ship and everything is exploding and Bishop takes them out into space and he's like, hey, sorry, everything was exploding and I didn't want to lose the ship. So I had to do a lap to come back. She's like, thanks. Yeah, I guess. Thanks for coming back. At this point, Hicks is just out completely. I think his injuries just got too much. So he's sedated. Mm -hmm. And right when it seems like things are chilling out, they're talking about going back into cryo sleep. We have a pretty gnarly kill. We have the Xenomorph Queen coming out from the landing gear of the dropship. It picks up Bishop and it just Mortal Kombat style tears him in half. That was (laughs) awesome. Yeah, I I agree. And I love that because, you know, he's an AI. He's fine. Yeah. And there's just milk spraying everywhere. And you see like the the tubes inside of him just hanging out. Yeah. But yeah, you just see him kind of still looking around like the fuck just happened. What the hell? Newt ends up going underneath the grates in the ship and then Ripley goes, looks like she's going off to hide behind a big door. Mm-hmm. Door closes, but then the door comes back open mm-hmm. as the queen finds Newt underneath and is jamming its hands down at her and she's screaming. And when that door opens, Jeff, what do we have? Well, Steve, we see a a forklift mech come walking out and wait a second. It's being operated by a girl? A girl? <gasps> And we have one of one of the best lines in history. Get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> I just love that line. Yeah. I also want to point out uh, a quote that you you said. 
after Bishop got ripped in half, you looked at me and said, got milk, am I right? <laughs> and we high-fived. <laughs> that, that just lets people know how cool we are. <laughs> yeah. What cool guys we are. So with Ripley in the power suit, again, it's such a cool look. I like that they established, yeah, she knows what she's doing. And she can fight in this thing. Right. And this is where the soundtrack again picks up with, Can you take me higher? And we get a sweet battle. And I just Which want- I do. Okay. I'm curious to see what you're going to say, actually. I was going to bring up something completely different. Okay. Well, <laughs> this fight scene <laughs> I is cool. I do remember it being cool. Her mech suit is quite slow. Yeah. Naturally. Like, I'm. that's how it would work. Yeah. But it's also like, Man, uh, you're going to die. I don't know. It's just like, it's like there's no power behind your. You're like trying to punch with the mech suit. This so-called power suit. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, (laughs) Um, and then the queen like jabbing at her with her scorpion like tail. Yeah. I like that Ripley didn't really consider that. Yeah. It became just a new added element to her possibly dying. Mm -hmm. She's like holding its neck in one of its hands. And all of a sudden, yeah, the tail comes around. It's like shit. And then. The, the mouth opens up and we have the mini mouth also trying to chomp That's away right. at her. And Ripley ends up opening up an airlock and she tries shoving the queen in there. But the queen, I think, grabs like the, the leg of the power suit and it ends up dragging her down too. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this stuff just looks so cool. It looks so yeah, gnarly. Yeah, it looks great. And she ends up falling on top of the queen. So she sort of pinned it. She gets out of the suit. She opens up the airlock and she starts to climb out in a really cool like jumping maneuver that she did mm-hmm. <laughs> that you pointed i was like oh that eh, was- maybe a little bit superhuman <laughs> maybe uh definitely on some a little bit of wire work there but yeah, yeah that's okay she starts climbing out as the airlock opens and the queen ends up grabbing her leg and newt starts getting pulled across and bishop ends up grabbing her before she gets sucked out oh, the airlock another little hero moment for bishop but it's the way that Ripley is holding on to the ladder. Did it make you uncomfortable also? Very uncomfortable because this is a, a like the airlock. You, you're being the sucked The pressure out of space. Of space. <laughs> I mean. On top of being held by this alien queen. This huge she, Well, thing. she's hooked her arm through. Through the ladder. Through the ladder. So the la- the rung of the ladder is like in her inner elbow. Yeah, it looks painful. And she's holding her wrist with her other hand. So it's like, Ripley, I mean, I guess you're fighting for your life. True. But like your, el- your arm... Something's going to go either your shoulders going to di- get dislocated or like your elbow's going to fucking break or something. It's it was just like unsettling for some reason to watch that. And as you just said, the pressures of space. That's right. Jesus Christ. Along with I mean, along with a queen alien ripping at you from the ankle. Yeah, uh, but she's fine. She is. Yep. It ends up sucking the alien queen out into space. Yeah. It ends up sucking the alien queen. <laughs> You see the alien queen floating through space, and we have once again that song drop, Jeff. Can you take me high? <laughs> like that, that the off. song dissipates with yeah, the alien yeah. queen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Ripley crawls back up top. Everything is okay. Speaking of, actually, let me talk over you. Uh, uh, talk over you for a second, please. Uh, the music you met, I believe you mentioned, was really good in this movie. Um, and I just wanted to make sure we called out um, the composer, James Horner. Okay. Because he felt like he wasn't given a ton of time uh, to do the soundtrack. So he did actually have to kind of cannibalize some of the previous scores he had done on movies like um, on movies like Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan and Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. So there's 
parts of those scores in this movie. That's gnarly. Yeah. Wait, did you say... Star Trek, Trek reference, reference number, number six. Six? Number six. Yeah. Yeah. I think we we did beat our record. We absolutely did. You said it couldn't be done, Jeff, and you proved yourself wrong. That's right. Well, and I, I mean, couldn't be more proud. That just brings us into the end of the movie, pretty yeah. much. We have everyone going into the cryo sleep. Newt finally seems like she can rest, and that's pretty much it. It's kind of a weird, quiet ending, I, I noted at the end. It's like, <laughs> and then... and they get in the little thing oh good night and then it's like and the credits just roll quietly i was like oh okay yep that's the end of the movie it just ends which i'm i'm kind of cool that's like i was into it just very unique i'm not used to like an ending like that yeah there's there wasn't like a fade out it was just kind of like a end and then it ends i was like oh there's their faces in the crowd tubes and then fade into black credits and that is our movie jeff Aliens. aliens And what do we always say? How do you make things uh, better? Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> you just you just add an S to it. That's right. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for our final thoughts of this movie, Jeff? I, I am ready. Question number one. Did you like this movie? Uh, I did like this movie. You almost had me like, what is he about yeah. to say? Um, hesitation? Actually, no, I didn't. This movie fucking blows. <laughs> um, I know you like this movie, but I'll ask you if you liked it. I love this movie. It's really good it's great i i I like to yes well i have a (laughs) follow-up but okay you can i I, please go ahead talking over you a lot in this episode (laughs) you're really good at it keep going um i prefer to i i don't like talking unless i'm talking over you makes sense um what movie do you prefer aliens or alien it's funny you asked me that because that's literally what i was about to say (laughs) jeff you hold your aliens (laughs) I I honestly don't know. I, I don't think I can put one over the other because okay. these are two different movies. The very first true. the first is very much just a like an old school sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. And this is action. Yeah. With horror in it. Very much. I mean, the direct it makes sense for each director. It's like, oh, that's totally James Cameron. And the first one was very much Ridley Scott. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw Aliens before I ever saw Alien. Huh. So yeah, kind of kind of surprising. Maybe yeah. I saw clips of it of Alien, original Alien on TV or something, but I, I fully remember seeing Aliens. I feel like that was more common in our in our youth when Absolutely. it's like you're catching a movie on TV or like you're at a friend's house and they rent a movie. There's a lot less like, I don't know. I feel like we would see sequels a lot before the originals. I feel like this could also be more marketed towards kids as well because you have right. power suits, you have mar- space marines. You have Newt. You have Newt. <laughs> And again, like you said, it's more action. Exactly. It's a little faster paced. It's like, whoa, g- g- laser guns or whatever. Yeah. And the first one's more like. <gasps> like it's so much more fast paced, like you just said. Mm-hmm. So much more action heavy. The first has that slow burn build up with with tension. Yeah, that's what I just said. I said, <gasps> that's, <laughs> that's you're just saying what I said. Sorry about that. Right. I, I'm still learning to translate some of your languages. Right. Yeah, I, I think. I was going to try and answer your question, but I, I don't know which one I like better. Can't. I guess probably this one. Whoa. For the action. Okay. I don't know. That first one is so good. It's so classic. Mm-hmm. Shit, I'm going to go with the first one. Whoa. Yeah. I'm throwing Last this question, second. Throwing this question right back at you, Jeff. Which do you prefer? The first one. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to go with this one. Really? Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> I hate you. I don't know. I I just feel like... The slow pace of the first one is 
like what you have some issues with in the earlier. Like, well, you know what they say, movies. slow movies for slow minds. So Slice. I always prefer slow movies. It's like Suspiria. Oh, yeah. I see, I see where you're going. <laughs> you here. see what? No, it's just well, just like that style of, of the slow burn, I guess maybe just depends on the genre. As long as it's not Italian, I'm totally fine with it. That's OK. That's fair. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Something about it's the fact that it is the like classic horror thing and mm-hmm. the the light, the play with the light and dark. And um, and, you know, the original is always, I feel like it's always going to have a little bit of a leg up. It's the first time you're seeing a lot of the concepts and mm-hmm. xenomorphs and I don't know. I would say Terminator 2 is one of those exceptions. Very much so. Like I do Definitely appreciate an improvement. I appreciate that first one. And I like that the first is sort of like Alien in that it is sort of like a horror movie where mm-hmm. it's this mindless, just unstoppable thing hunting down Sarah Connor. Like an alien, it's just one single alien. And it makes right. it seem much more threatening mm-hmm. that it's taking on this entire crew. Granted, I guess it is in a much more confined, smaller space, just that one ship. But once you introduce a bunch of aliens, it does sort of lose a little bit of the scariness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. It's almost like, yeah, it's like if there was more than one Michael Myers. Exactly. Two Michael Myers. It's like, oh, okay, well, then you're not, you're just like one of, I don't know how to explain why it's not as scary, but it just is. You understand, right? Yeah. And that's why I liked once she destroyed most of the nest everything was on fire it went back to the one alien the queen Mm -hmm. and they they did everything they were supposed to in a sequel they stepped it up they made this thing much more intimidating than the one alien that we saw and much more intimidating than the many aliens that we Mm -hmm. had been seeing throughout attacking the group and everything i like that it went back to the singular bigger force that she had to deal with yeah and great movie yeah 100 percent. and like i just said with sequels i think this did everything correctly it Mm -hmm. was i'm sure a bigger budget they went with bigger action, more aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, I don't know if you felt like this, but in Stranger Things, I think it was season two. You know how it went from one Demigorgon in the first one to like multiple I very much felt that in that show. I don't, I, I feel like. It was kind of like, oh. I feel like that more towards the show, but I, it has some of that feeling aliens to me. Well, it yes. almost, so yeah, it almost turns the xenomorph into like a, into like a, um, what's it called with bees? There's the queen Honey. and then there's the drones drone. Well, I think it's they like, are. oh, the xenomorphs are more of like a drone now that. Yeah, so that, it's less scary. Exactly it's it. less like a overpowering beast and more like, oh, you're just kind of the, the cannon fodder. Yeah. But then you, what, you know, you scale it up with the queen, like you said. So it's like, OK, now we do have the big bad again. And but I do like at least with this cannon fodder, all of them are like every part of them is a weapon. Oh, totally. Acid They're blood. still very imposing. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But I, I understand completely what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, is this movie you'll watch again? Uh, yes. Is this movie a show Skylar? If she hasn't seen it, I would show her. I think she's probably seen these movies. Really? Yeah. That kind of surprises me. I feel like a little more sci-fi. Nice. Heck yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, Jeff, this is a movie I will definitely watch again. I think like this one, this one I think is easier to put on and sort of watch because yeah, it's a light, a little more. Yeah, lighthearted-ish, you know. For yeah, an alien I, that's movie. why I stopped. I'm like, hey, it's not really lighthearted, but. But I feel like it just, it, it passes the time faster. Because right. there's always something going on, as opposed to the original, which I do really like that slow kind of. More ambiance and. Yeah, the, the build up. Yeah. And would I show this movie to Skylar? Sure. She hasn't seen it. I'd be like, what's up, Skylar? <laughs> Let's watch Aliens. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and this is a movie I'd definitely recommend for most people. I, I want to bring up that. I again the the look of the alien queen is so cool. I love mm-hmm. how practical it is. I meant to bring this up earlier, but I forgot to right now. But 
when you watch Alien vs. Predator, the first one, they have, I think they do some practical effects of a queen, but then at a certain point, it becomes just completely CG and you oh, see just no. like running down a hallway or like running through shit. I, I do, okay, yeah, there is practical mix in, but it just loses something as always with CG and it just looks kind of goofy. It's just that part of your brain that knows that it's not real. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, it just turns it kind of into a cartoon. And it loses that kind of scariness factor. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's as slimy in that one either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff, let's move into the rating of this movie. Out of five facehugger kisses, how many facehugger kisses would you give this movie? Do you remember what what we used for Alien? Ooh, let me check my notebook. Let me check my other notebook. back no (laughs) i did not write it down (laughs) uh well steve to answer your question i would give this movie four facehugger kisses out of five i think we did chest bursters i think so too that sounds about right yeah we should have a silly goofy name for it um but yeah i think four out of five again great movie Mm mm-hmm Super fun. Um, there maybe are a couple of really small things that would keep it from a perfect score. Sure. Just a little bit like maybe this spot was a little hokey or like, I don't know, just comparing it to the first one. I'm like, man, what a great movie. And this one's like just a little bit more kind of like the blockbuster treatment in a way. Like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, still a great movie. What about you, Steve? How many chestburster kisses would you give this movie out of five? I'd give this facehugger kisses, actually. What did I call it? Chestburster kisses. <gasps> Unbelievable. I guess it does, oh. it does have kissy little lips, though. It kind of. It has like a penis body and little tiny arms. <laughs> and then a little jaw. That goes, it has a little teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it's more. It's that. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to agree with you on this. This is a four out of five facehugger kisses for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I was going to do five, but what you just said, I think I have to actually agree with. You know, it's like really close. Yeah. Like if we did halves, I'd probably do four and a half. I will. Which we sometimes do, but not today. I will say, I think I'm 99% certain I gave Alien, original Alien, like five out of five, 10 out of 10. I'm almost positive we both did. Yeah. And Full score of whatever it was. I, I I think I stand by that, and that's why I do think maybe the first is better because, like you just said, the the blockbustery type deal that like that yeah. feeling a little bit. It definitely does lean more towards that. This so, one's made me a little more fun. Absolutely, that's the word I was looking for earlier. earlier but I, yeah, yeah. I like the first one better. The first just feels more classic. Mm-hmm. Then this, yeah, is that action blockbustery, much more fun movie yeah yeah. Right. i mean there's so much to like about this again the that whole use universe look that they kept it they kept mm-hmm. everything practical just the 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 character camaraderie i loved all of these i do characters. love all the characters which i forget they weren't in the first one these yeah. are all really great characters. they feel like characters original characters and everything yeah they're yeah. all great and again hudson's lines are just some of the most memorable you i will totally. quote or i will hear all the time and it's crazy that they're all just like in this one movie yeah yeah, I feel like this movie's quoted more than the first one. Absolutely. Bill Paxton definitely brings this up like a whole star. Or and a whole, excuse me, facehugger kiss. I have one fact that I forgot that you told me earlier. 
But uh, interesting fact is that originally Hicks's character was supposed to be played by Dexter's dad. That's right. John, or excuse me, James Remar or Remar? Remar? Yes. Yeah, and the official story was that they parted ways due to artistic differences, but apparently he, you know, he was fired for drug stuff. He was going through some drug stuff at that time, which he said himself. He's like, yeah, it was not a great time in my life. <laughs> but there's apparently a shot of him in the movie, but it's from behind. You That's can't tell. right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Michael Bean had to, like, they, rec- they recorded a bunch of stuff with, uh, who was it? Uh, J- uh, James. James Remar. James Remar. And yeah, yeah, they had to end up refilming a whole bunch of things. With- yeah with Michael Bean as in, in that role. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I forgot about that. I think that's, an yeah, interesting that's crazy. Fact. Yeah. And then he went on to have a great career being the dad of a serial killer. And also, uh, also maybe Warriors. an uh, antagonist to one ghost who walks. That's right. The phantom. That's right. Phantom reference. Phantom, phantom reference. <laughs> phantom reference. Phantom reference. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a sound effect for that. I don't know what it would be, but I mostly just wanted to shit. I am. I, I push a little button. It says uh, something about the fourth skull. These skulls are more powerful than I ever imagined. I've harnessed the energy of the sun. Who needs a fourth skull? So, who needs four skulls when you have the power of the sun in my hands? There you go. That was pretty good. <laughs> I was trying to. Xander Drax begins and ends with an X. <laughs> I love that. I love that one so much. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to say the Wait only a reason second. why. Sorry, Steve. I need to talk over <laughs> you for a second. Xenomorph starts with an X. It doesn't end with one, so no, I guess it's not that cool. But anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, I just wanted to bring up that character, Michael Bean's character, Hicks, because I think Hicks is so badass. Totally. I loved what Michael Bean brought to him. I can't really imagine James Remar in that role. And I really like that because of this movie, like Michael Bean has gone on to do some other sci-fi things that I really like. Like he did a voice in Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which is just this 80s montage just love and look at things from the 80s like mm-hmm. big lasers and neon lights and robotic dinosaurs and people with metal arms it's a great <laughs> game it's super fun uh that's just my last thing i want to say about that all right jeff are you ready for everyone's favorite segment of the show you mean tops and bottoms you mean i mean like it or hate it one one star review and one five star review of this movie for the one star review by Kyrie kyle a mindless bastardization of the brilliant original film Ripley acts nothing like she did in the first film, probably because she was explicitly written as a woman in the sequel instead of being written as unisex like in the original. So of course they turn her into a quote-unquote mother character who has to look after an annoying child. All of the Marines are mindless grunts who didn't give two shits about, and the aliens themselves were reduced to mindless cannon fodder instead of being the terrifying, unbeatable entity that it was in the first film. I can see how someone would like this if they saw it before Alien, but otherwise it feels like a completely unrelated film where they stole a monster design from a much better movie. Don't watch. If this film had nothing to do with Alien and had Arnie as the main character, it'd be a fun movie. But it isn't. Instead, it's a bastardization of a good movie. One star. Ooh. I mean, this user did sort of go over some of the things that we, like, I think maybe dropped yeah. it down a little bit, but I mean, I, th- I still think it's fun. Yeah, me too. It's a good action movie. It's a good sci-fi alien action movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I was older when the second one came out and I had been looking forward to it or something, I'd feel different, but maybe but I wasn't. Yeah. And so I enjoyed it. Sometimes again, like we said, all you need to do is add an S to make things better. That's right. <laughs> From user D rock on letterbox. We've got our five star review. Sweet. Damn. I love 80s cyberpunk. 
dirt and rags and plastic armor and clattering industrial steel and silos and primitive futuristic tech guns and six sound design galore and buttloads of practical mm-hmm. effects magic all bathed in blue or glowing red. Every frame meticulously lit. No one does it like Jimmy Cam, except, of course, Paul, Paul Verhoeven. And with a cast of wall-to-wall bisexual icons, a smart, easy-to-follow script, and all sorts of deliciousness, capped off with a slurm queen ending. No way I'm not going to give this five stars. I love that. That was great. All, I don't think there were any periods in that review. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Which I appreciated. I, I, I like the enthusiasm. Yeah, I felt that. And again, I feel like everything that person said is right, too. Me, too. I, I just... I, I like this movie a lot, but it just it is lacking that like classic original feel that Alien original Alien had. Mm-hmm. Just that little extra, you know, bit on top. Yeah. Well, Jeff, like this movie just came to an ending. Uh, I guess so are we. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> That's guys. kind of a catch all uh, end <laughs> transition that we can always use. This movie, uh, this episode uh, went a little longer than the previous one, but that is because we are just so enthusiastic about life. And this movie and not because I was trying to keep last week's episode under a certain minimum <laughs> due to my which, you know, time. some podcasts do. And we just talk as long as we want. And, and, and then you talk have to over sit each other with us. Jeff, can you do the thing? Well, everyone, thanks for listening to another episode, especially thank you to the producers of this podcast. James Miller. Ali Joy, Fernando Diaz, and Josh Hansen. Thank you, Final Girls. All these Final Girls get a call out at the end of the episode because they are on that Final Girls tier, and that is one of the perks that you can sign up on our Patreon. At patreon.com slash H-H-O-H. There are other tiers that are, they're cool. They're just not as cool. Those tiers are going to be the Gorehounds, Horror Housemates, and that's it. And that's it. It made, it made it sound like there's more, but there's not. But then the final girls is the top tier. Yeah, you got me like super psyched up for that. I was like, is yeah. there a secret one? Is there a new one? <laughs> um, but there's perks and stuff there. And we're always kind of changing things up. And I've got some video game stuff uploaded. That's right. We do early coming soons and you can send in requests and we have a fun little chat that no one uses yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we dropped a couple of questions in there. Come in and come on in and answer them or jump on in. Come on them. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Hurwitz's House of Horror. You can follow Steve on Instagram at Steve with all kinds of E's. You have to say it really spooky. Uh, You can follow me on Art of Jefferson. Follow Ugly Cowboy at Ugly Cowboy Co. You can buy merchandise at Hurwitz's House of Horror dot com. T-shirts and coasters. We're using those coasters right now. we got some other stuff on there. Heck yeah. Uh, Give us a call on the Hot Take Hotline. Let us know what you think of the Alien franchise, which is your favorite. If you're James Cameron coming to tell us that you actually are a nice guy. Yeah, you want to like kind of maybe get, uh, uh, defend yourself a little bit from some of the maybe mean things we said about you. Uh, Come at us. That'll be 916-538-4412. If you could please rate and review this podcast on all of your podcasting apps, that would be absolutely wonderful. Any five-star review that you leave, and if you're able to leave a little comment... Uh, like on Apple Podcasts, we will read that comment out because we are congratulating. God, I did the same fucking thing last week. We are contractually <laughs> obligated to read that out. And it really does just go a long ways to help us out. Just it's really easy. The five stars or five pod beans. And we called out pod bean last week. I don't remember why, but, you know, pod bean, give us free 
advertising. Yeah. That, that's cool. Oh, that's right. We have a beef. Uh, we, uh, have, we have a beef, beef stew with We have beef, a beef, chili, beef chili, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what it, uh, that, that's what it was. Yeah. And if you could just, guys, just tell your friend or tell your mom, tell a stranger, tell your dad, tell your best friend, Jeff, message Jeff and say, hey, listen to your own podcast and he'll do yeah. it. And then maybe I will. I really just lost the traction on that one. I don't know where I was going. Well, Steve, that's okay because we've reached the end. We have. Now, before we wrap everything up, Jeff, what movie will we be watching next week? Great question, Steve. I have no clue. <laughs> you actually but... suggested this one. Go ship. We're watching Ghost Ghost ship. ship. That's right. <laughs> and I... as everyone knows, a ship full of ghosts. <laughs> ghost shit. And I I see. I believe we will be having a special guest on next week, too, and we will keep that under wraps. So keep your eyes on those podcatching apps and get ready for Monday, the 26th episode where we cover ghost ship. That's right. Everyone's favorite favorite. Uh, uh, never mind. Bye. Well, with that, everyone, once again, thank you all for listening. We will be back in your ears next week. And Jeff. As we say at the end of every episode uh, for Witch's House, uh, Pora. Game over, man. Get away from her, you bitch. Game over. It's not paused anymore. Just oh, sorry. I thought you paused it. I paused to cough, and then as I coughed, unpaused. Mm -hmm. So I think I just quickly paused and unpaused, and then coughed right into the microphone. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>